Welcome to the Bible Breakdown. It's a black man and woman in America who no longer identify as believers. This show contains adult languages, themes, and isn't meant for children. As black people, we respect the history of the black church in America, but its current state is massively abusive and we think the Bible might be part of the problem. Listen and let us know what you think. Peace. Well, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown. I'm your host, Kat. And I am TK. Hey, TK. Hello. Hello. How, how have things been for you? Uh, very busy lately. Really? Very, very busy. So you've had a lot of abundance in the Lord? Uh, yeah, but not because I asked for it, per se. <laughs> I think you've been working for it. I think this is a... a um, you'll know a fruit by its or a tree by its fruit and i think you've been working really really hard from at least my point of view and now you're seeing the the fruits of that work of that labor oh you meant actual abundance okay then yes sure (laughs) yeah yeah um but yeah last time on the bible breakdown we did a bible classic um David and Goliath, and then also before that, David was anointed king, and Mm -hmm. then Jonathan's covenant with David, which, and then Saul tried to kill David, and then David marries his daughter. It was drama, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into some more of that drama today. Are you starting to maybe come around to my hypothesis that a lot of this was, there was a lot of gay sex going on? Sure. Um, I'm just, it just, uh, I find it interesting that that would be the subtext of this book when that is, seems to be the hard stop for a lot of, uh, Christians. And I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day and this guy, and I have pointed out to him, I was like, you know, cause I'm in the show now and most of my show is consistent of LGBTQ plus people. When you say a and show, you're, you're talking about a play. I'm, I'm in a stage play. Yes. Yes. And it consists of LGBTQ plus people. Um, all shout out to the you know, rainbow. Yeah. All pretty cool people. Um, but I was like, you know, it's funny, uh, to my friend, I was like, uh, because he's a very I don't know I know he has said to me that if any of his friends were gay he would not hang out with them anymore um, he said uh, and I I, ch- I pushed back on that I challenged him on that and everything but anyway we don't have to get as far but I had brought up like you know what's crazy about all of this I, I feel like and maybe you can correct me on this cat I feel like nobody hot rides harder for uh, not like banning gay stuff than the black community maybe the middle east but i don't have enough experience with that i'm i'm gonna agree with you because i think black people in america anyway yes or in especially in parts of the earth that were colonized by european invaders there's this stockholm syndrome so a lot of times like we ride harder for their shit than they do because there's still this desire for acceptability because like you said it's kind of ironic that you know there's all this sort of gay innuendo in this bible story where the branding for christianity is very anti-gay but like as we see throughout all of human history there's been 
you know gay queer you know there's been the whole like i said the fact that we like to put everybody into these little boxes because really when you understand human sexuality it's not as like binary as people would like to make it like sexuality gender all these concepts can be very fluid so i think when we think about things in that way um it's it's a more accurate lens but i i agree with you like the um anti-gay sentiments in the black community are i think one of the things that are holding us back as a community yeah um and i wish just people were more accepting of everyone that's I th- that's I, you know what i wish people it's none of your goddamn business the fact that we make this like an a wedge issue like if i think about the things that bother me about people what they do privately and consensually with other adults it's so far down the list like to me the only time i'm concerned with that is i mean never like the only time i'm concerned is when it's non-consensual and when it's a non-adult like to me that's the only time other people should be getting involved um other than that like but i think that also goes into the fact that American society in general is so hostile towards sex, any kind of education, but especially sex education. Well, uh, I think it just allows people to put you into a box. They want to know, like, that's how human beings are. What's in the box? (laughs) They want to know how to, uh, that reminded me of the Vine star that used to be like, put them in a coffin and (laughs) instead. Oh. Um, Um, and like that's another thing i saw that on um instagram the other day and i didn't even know who this dude was but vine has been gone for years and people were like saying oh be careful what you wish for and started kind of getting into this religious like speaking of negative things and it's like look everybody's gonna fucking die i mean he died like i don't it wasn't because he did those it wasn't vines. because necessarily because he said that yeah it was just going to happen but i think that's another reason why religion has a stranglehold on so many people because of that innate fear of death because this version of christianity that at least we grew up with promises that you don't even have to die if you do their thing but it's not true you're still gonna die um it's what it's the undiscovered country it's a great mystery of life no one knows what really happens but hey maybe you just be brave and go through life it's hard to do that because people want like having this umbrella or this hat over their head so they always know there's something above them and it's hard to remove that because most people don't want to live without limits and i don't understand that i don't want to live with necessarily limits um i wouldn't like to explore and question and get more closer to the truth each time without ever actually me because i think i don't think it's crazy to say i think in our lives we're not going to be able to get to know everything like are you i I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable with that but another way of looking at it is that i have all all have a lifetime of learning to look forward to yes and you know that kind of pivots me into people's inability to take critique um as many of you may know they don't like it as many of you may know 
um, one of my well, I don't know if I mentioned this on here before, but maybe one of my favorite artists is Drake. But I just strictly <laughs> like his music. I don't like his antics. I don't like the perception of who I feel like he is as a person because I feel like he's kind of a fucking cornball. But I like his music. I think he's like he's really a, he's a wh- talented musician. Yeah, I, and entertainer. I, like he's he's actually he can be funny. He can. I don't know what it is. I, I like it's funny to me that people think Will Smith is such a fucking loser. <laughs> But then we have Drake, and it's just well, like well, that's no, because not. his wife cuckolded him publicly. I mean, did she though? Yeah. This is another example of. I mean, she's putting, she's talking about their marriage, but I feel like every time she talks about it, we just see clips of shit, or they blow up a headline about something, or take excerpts from her fucking like. Now she has a book out, and it's like, but did y'all actually go and like? see the whole situation i'm not saying jade is perfect i certainly I'm don't agree not with saying that but <laughs> i do think she's unfairly attacked for being a woman i don't think she like i was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying she's as bad as trump and i was like come on now trump trump actually raped some bitches like jada is just irritating <laughs> like yeah like i remember i did were we talked about that like hot girl nonsense i think she's just been yeah. hot her whole life and like you said like people don't like correction so she doesn't have to be around people who corrects her she's hot enough that she can just be around people who flatter her all the time so like it's I crazy think, to i'm me. sorry i hijacked your point you were talking about drake right but i just want to hijack now your point it's okay to, like and i think jada pinkett is a, a beautiful woman but like i don't i always just thought she was okay Same i was just Dina about Wong. to say that i didn't want to take anything away from her but like and i'm and I've, i mean i'm a straight woman like i don't actually i mean but i can tell when women are beautiful and for me the type of women i find beautiful like to me she's kind of small like I think I like more voluptuous women when I'm just thinking about women I like to look at. Like I like women with fuller mm-hmm. lips. She's kind of short. She's like really skinny, um, and she doesn't really have full lips. Like I don't know. To even when I was younger and like people were like, "Oh my god, she's so." I think it's just because she had light eyes. Like people go crazy for that shit. She's just okay. But anyway, the point <laughs> I was gonna make with the Drake and being able to take criticism was. <clears throat> he is notorious for clapping back to anybody who like says stuff about him um particularly media media people and i found it funny that uh, there's this internet dude called anthony fantano he's a youtuber he reviews all music and (laughs) drake like dm this guy and was upset because he gave him a bad review on his album and i say all this to say i feel like it's very similar in in christian culture i feel like they a lot of them are unable to take critique or we're even unable to have conversations like this figure it out it's like okay well this is the angle i'm coming from this is where you're coming from and let's push each other forward but that that to me should be the the religion that should be the baseline of all human but like in real life religion that's not what religion's selling because i can get into branding it's absolute like that's the whole thing like that's its whole thing is that confidence that you don't have to think about this again (laughs) we got the answers for you which is not good for human beings like we should no it's terrible I i think that i have no problem admitting i don't have a 
perfect collection of knowledge. Like, I feel like everything can be challenged because I'm very fallible. I've believed things that aren't true before. I probably believe some things right now or have some, you know, facts, things that I think are facts that aren't actually facts or aren't that or that more things could be added to the body of knowledge to make it more complete. And that's how I think it's better to live because, of course, it. I know back when I was a believer, there is this comfort and it's like, wow, I don't have to worry about anything when I die. And it's like, no, actually, I need to get life insurance. I need to live my life in a way that I'm improving things and not making things worse for people. Because when I die, like even when I die, I don't want to leave like a big mess for people. So I mean, I think that's, to me, ultimately the problem with religion is the fact that it creates, we're looking at the Israel-Palestine stuff right now. I'm actually kind of like, I'm like, wow, I've never seen such nuanced conversations in the media before about Israel and Palestine. Like people actually talking about the history of how Israel started, because to me, we're not taught it in school. I remember even I had to independently look up like, how did this even start? Because I'm like, the way they're talking about this country isn't very old. And it's like, oh, and then just for anyone listening who doesn't know, like Israel started like after World War Two. And this was when British, the, the British government was still very much had their hands in colonizing places in Africa and the Middle East. And like they in it like the over the world they were trying to take over the world and so after that they just decided they were going to give the palestinians land that they were occupying to the to israel and it's like it wasn't yours to give and it's still a problem now because when you do the wrong thing bad things happen so i feel like the fact that they're leaving brit england out of the conversation like they're a big part of it they need to be part of the solution um, well, now they've like oh that is nothing because now they're not in that part of the world anymore but it's like y'all start y'all knock this harness nest because their religious philosophy was like oh according to our book that we're reading right now which we're seeing now is pretty insane says this land belongs to this group of very light jewish people like i said there's all kinds of jewish people all over the world but they're giving priority to because i feel like whiteness is still very much centered in this narrative too yeah and i okay so a lot a couple points there one um it doesn't surprise me that british is the britain is being let left out of the conversation because that's just how we do things i mean an example of to go to my next point and your what you just said about whiteness is is fucking Brett, Brett Favre. Have you heard the shit about Brett Favre? Oh Jesus! Fucking I, I, think I remember. Oh, that Mississippi shit. The Mississippi money. Yeah, but they're fucking all over. Um, who the fuck was the comparison? Because um, oh, I'm sorry for everyone who doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, because there might be international listeners. Brett yeah. Favre is a retired football player. And he got American involved. Yeah, American football player who um, got in trouble for a welfare scam where he was basically uh, taking money that was supposed to go to poor people and basically just getting richer off of it. That thing that happens a lot. Did I, did I show you that story about um, in China where they regularly take their yep. government officials on tours of prisons? Yeah. Like, yeah. we should do that shit here. Like, you need to go to jail. It's just, it just, but. The media barely has covered this, mm-hmm. and um, but you know, anything that 
LeBron James does is fucking big news. Like the other day, he was he was he was it was a preseason game. He was done playing. He went he went to the locker room. He changed his clothes, whatever shower or whatever, I'm assuming. Came back out and he's eating food on the bench, and it's like. It was like a he had a fork and he's eating whatever the fuck he was eating. But this was news. This was what people chose to critique him about. And I was just like, he's maybe the nigga was hungry. Like, I don't know. Like, he came back out. He's watching the game. It's not like he wasn't out there to support his team. But somebody called him out about that shit. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, they will. Which brings me to another point. Critique can sometimes go too fucking far that's not a critique though because you know what you can critique lebron james on maybe his playing even though like he's one of the best ever do it and anyone critique i would no. you have to critique people on their lifestyles that is what we're being told every single fucking day quite honestly like even critiquing lebron on his lifestyle he's never had any kind of scandals like a lot of other professional uh basketball players like who don't get critiqued as hard um it's because they don't want him to be great like to me that's the thing like this man he is a devoted father he does all kinds of community outreach like that actually helps people i was thinking the other day about how like here in indiana i don't know why whenever they're trying to help kids they just give them backpacks it's like kids don't need backpacks man kids need money like people need places to stay like that's the thing like and that's what he does for kids like he gives them hope he gives them resources like that's he what built them a fucking need. school yeah hey, are you ready to uh read first samuel 19 of the new revised standard version of the bible let's get to it samuel 19 jonathan intercedes for david saul spoke with his son jonathan with all his servants about killing david but saul's son jonathan took great delight in david jonathan told david my father saul is trying to kill you Therefore, be on guard tomorrow morning. Stay in a secret place and hide yourself. I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are, and I will speak to my father about you. If I learn anything, I will tell you. Jonathan spoke well to David to his father, Saul, saying to him, The king should not sin against his servant David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his deeds have been of good service to you. For he took his life in his hand when he attacked the Philistine, and the Lord brought about a great victory for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against an innocent person by killing David without cause? Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan. Saul swore, as the Lord lives, he shall not be put to death. So Jonathan called David and related all these things to him. Jonathan then brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as before. Milka helps David escape from Saul. Again, there was war, and David went out to fight the Philistines. He launched a heavy attack on them, so that they fled before them. Then an evil spirit from the Lord came from Saul, came upon Saul. As he sat in the house with his spear in his hand, while David was playing music, Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. But he eluded Saul, so he struck the spear into the wall. David fled and escaped the night, and escaped that night. Saul sent messengers to David's house to keep watch over him, planning to kill him in the morning. David's wife Milka told him, "If you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you will be killed." So Milka I'm let sorry, David down. Sorry, I think it's Michael. Is it Michael? That's her name. I I believe so. Are you I, sure? Because I met a I'm, woman named Milka before, and 
Well, it's you say Milka. I mean, Milka is a name, but that would put the L in a different place. Like the L's at the end of the word. I when okay, I was I'm growing just, up, all right, I'm just reading it wrong. I'm I, sorry. See, I just I'm willing. I'm willing to take take critique and admit when I'm wrong. Michael. I just never heard of a woman named Michael, so I don't know. Automatically, just whatever. It doesn't matter. So Michael let David down the window. Are you Mike? Michael? I just Mike? remember growing up. That's how it was pronounced. But you, the way you're saying it is you know spelled M I L C H A, but it's M I C H A L. So it's Michael. Maybe Milkal, but Mil- like the Mil- L's at the end of the word. Mick Mikal Mikal. I don't know. I met a woman named Sean yesterday, so anything's possible. Yeah, okay. These were back in the days too. Like <laughs> I just remember growing up, we re- we pronounced it Michael. Michael. And fine. this is a I'll, you know what? I mean, this is a gender bender, like you know. Yeah, yeah. This is more proof that uh, you know, we don't have to have gender roles. Yeah. Um. So Michael led David down the window. He fled away and escaped. Michael t- took an idol and laid it on the bed. She put on a net of goat's hair on its head and covered it with the clothes. When Saul went, when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, he is sick. Then Saul sent the messengers to see David for themselves. He said, bring him up to me in the bed that I may kill him. When the messengers came in, the idol was in the bed with a covering of goat's hair on its head. Saul said to Michael, why have you deceived me like this and let my enemy go so that he has escaped? Michael answered Saul. He said to me, let me go. Why should I kill you? David joined Samuel in Ramah. Uh, now David fled and escaped. He came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. He and Samuel went and settled at Naioth. Saul was told, David is at Naioth in Ramah. Then Saul sent messengers to take David. When they saw the com- when they saw the company of the prophets in a frenzy, with Samuel standing in charge of them, the spirit of God came upon the messengers of Samuel, and they also fell. Saul, I'm sorry, damn it, so many S's. <laughs> <laughs> messengers of Saul, they also fell into a prophetic frenzy. When Saul was told, he sent other messengers, and they also fell into a frenzy. Saul sent messengers again this third the third time, and they also fell into a frenzy. Then he and then he himself went to Rama. He came to the great wall. Or he came to the great well that is in Seku. He asked, "Where Samuel and David?" And someone said, "They are at Naioth, Naioth in Rama." He went there toward Naioth in Rama, and the spirit of God came upon him. As he was going, he fell into a prophetic frenzy until he came to Naioth in Rama. He told. He too stripped of his clothes and he too fell into a frenzy before Samuel. He lay naked all the day and all that night. Therefore, it is said, is Saul also among the prophets? Hmm. <clears throat> okay. So that was, did that seem a little jumbled to you? Um, As far as just what, like story? I mean, for one, it just seemed like some stuff we'd heard before. Ha- did, I, I mean, did Saul throw a spear at David before? Uh, when I don't he was remember. Playing music I thought, for him. I, I don't remember. I thought yeah, Saul person. tries to kill David. Um, oh, so he just keeps trying to kill David. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I was confused because of what you told me off mic earlier. Say when uh, this evil spirit came upon Saul, and um, while David was playing music, Saul threw a spirit at him. So, like, yeah, this seems. And then we've seen the thing before where Saul's gone into a prophetic frenzy, and people are like, so to me, this just seemed a lot of stuff that maybe we've heard before. The stuff with um, Michael kind of doing a Ferris Bueller thing with the idol, that was new. Um, where uh, do you remember that from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Where he never put like seen that movie. Oh, uh, there was a thing where he put a dummy in the bed because he was trying to play hooky. So, oh, okay, yeah. So it sounds like she made like a dummy to make it seem like you know David's actually up here, but he was actually getting away. Um, so like, yeah, this just seems like some maybe country ass, you know, palace intrigue. But to me, it definitely seems like. When I when we would read this in school, they just made it seem like Jonathan and David were just like best friends. But I just really get the feeling it was a little bit more than that. Like, I don't know, like describing it as Jonathan took great delight in David. I'm like, okay, you know, hmm. And I mean, of course, it makes sense. Like he he is making sense. Like he is trying to call, you know, calm Saul down because it doesn't make sense to kill David. Also, I think it's very interesting that this evil spirit that keeps coming upon Saul comes from the Lord. So to me, it's really like, so this is a, a biblical precedent that the Lord can send evil spirits to possess people. Um, okay. Well, I actually found this uh, story a little entertaining. Just the whole Saul's trying to kill you. Um, uh, Jonathan, you know, basically is, is getting out of that to run home to then have to. I, I don't know why I imagined uh, Jonathan sliding down like a, a a rail or something out of his um, apartment or something when his wife was like, you got to get out of here. But um, that and then just, you know, him escaping, him fleeing to another place and um, hooking up with Samuel. Like, I, I mean, it was, it was definitely still maintain samuel is somewhat of a villain in this story he was very very unkind to saul um and i don't think he's actually hearing anything from the creator of the universe i think he's just kind of using that to um, bolster his power i'll put it that way i mean we've seen all of this before sure have okay i'm gonna go ahead into samuel 20 The friendship of David and Jonathan. David fled from Naoth in Ramah. He came before Jonathan and said, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin against your father that he is trying to take my life? He said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. My father does nothing either great nor small without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? Never! But David also swore, Your father knows well that you like me, and he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, or he will be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, there is but step between me and death uh, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Jo- David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is a new moon. <clears throat> Tomorrow is the new moon. And I should not fail to sit with the king at the meal. 
but let me go so that I may hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asks leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says, good, it will be well that you're with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore, deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me, kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said, far be it from you. For if I knew that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan replied to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have when I have sounded out my father about this time tomorrow or on the third day, if he is well disposed towards David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But if my father intends to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house. Even if the Lord were to cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth, Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon. You will be missed because your place will be empty. On the day after tomorrow you shall go a long way down. Go to the place where you hid yourself earlier and remain beside the stone there. I will shoot three arrows into the to the side of it as though I shot a mark then I will send the boy saying go find the arrows if I say to the boy look the arrows are on this side of you collect them when you are to come for as long as the Lord lives it is safe for you and there is no danger but if I say to the young man look the arrows are beyond you then go for the Lord has sent you away as for the matter about you which you and I have spoken, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon came, the king sat at the feast to eat. The king sat upon his seat as the, at other times, upon the seat by the wall. Jonathan stood while Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, Something has befallen him. He is not clean. Surely he is not clean. But on the second day, the day after the new moon, David's place was empty, and Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why has the son of Jesse not come to the feast either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked to go earnestly asked leave of me to go to Bethlehem. He said, Let me go, for our family is holding a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. So now, if I have found favor in your sight, let me go away and see my brothers. For this reason, he is he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was kindled against Jonathan. He said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman. 
Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives upon the earth, neither you nor your kingdom shall be established. Now send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. Then Jonathan answered his father, Saul, Why should he be put to death? What has he done? But Saul threw his spear at him to strike him. So Jonathan knew that it was the decision of his father to put David to death. Jonathan rose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food on the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David and because his father had disgraced him. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David, and with him was the little boy. He said to the boy, Run and find arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is the arrow not beyond you? Jonathan called after the boy, hurry, be quick, do not linger. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing, only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said to him, go and carry them to the city. As soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and prostrated himself with his face on the ground, he bowed three times, and they kissed each other and wept with each other. David wept the more. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since both of us have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my descendants and your descendants forever. He got up and left, and Jonathan went into the city. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Oh, wow. Like going on there. <laughs> what? I said, oh, well, sorry. Say that quick. A lot going on there. <laughs> you didn't have to say it that slow. I didn't have a head injury. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but so. yes, agree. There was a lot going on there. What was the point of doing that little song and dance if he was still able to talk to him? I thought the whole point of doing the arrow thing was. What? To show that he didn't. Yeah, so that he didn't have to actually, because just in case, I thought they were doing the arrow thing in case Jonathan was being followed by one of Saul's spies, they wouldn't give away David's location. It would just look like he was doing archery shit, but like David would be able to hear him. But after they did that shit, he still went to David and kissed him and stuff. So if he was being spied on, they still, I don't know. You tell me, I don't know. I don't know what that, I don't know anything on, on that. Um, I actually feel like nothing really got resolved and they did a whole bunch of run around just to for something that could have been summed up in a few sentences. I, but I feel like that often about these texts. It's a little flowery. Um, once again, this was probably a song. Um, to me, it's still very <clears throat> interesting how much. Um, I mean, do you think. Do you honestly think like David and Jonathan had a like sexually intimate relationship just from this text? Hmm, let me see. Hold on. Because when was the last time you cried and kissed like one of your guy friends? I mean, none of that. But also, I. Uh, so in uh, American black men, from what I've understood, are way different than the black men outside of America, particularly in like Africa, um, where like here, what we would deem um, not masculine 
is not really a knock over there for instance like dancing with another man yeah or holding Who, hands nobody would do unless you're part of like a dance group <laughs> you would not be in the club like dancing with another fucking guy like that just does not happen in america no. or united states but um that is apparently not a fucking thing in okay so you think this like, might be cultural yeah like i get yeah that's where i'm going with it so it could be a cultural thing but I don't know, like if our listeners are would love to write in or send an email or whatever. Like, uh, I'm just saying, it feels very emotional too, though. Yeah, I and I, I also to feel like perspective out there. Just now that I'm older, like when I was reading this when I was younger, I'd never been in any sort of sexual relationships. So now that I have and kind of understand sexual dynamics a little bit more. To me, it feels like Saul maybe used to have a sexual relationship with David. And now that David's married to his daughter, that can't continue. But I think Jonathan and David are having a sexual relationship now. And I think that's partly why Saul is so mad at Jonathan. Um, mm. and, and cursed him and basically said, you son of a bitch. Like he cursed mm. his mom. Like, that was the thing, too, that was wild when Jonathan was like, hey, why are you trying to kill David? That's not cool. He was like, you son of a, what did he call her? Oh, yeah, he called him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. And as a perverse, rebellious woman myself, she sounds terrific. Um, Yeah, and he said, you've chosen the son of Jesse, talking about David, to your own shame and the shame of your mother's nakedness. What does that mean? I have no idea. I felt like that was I. I don't know what that means, but I felt like that was sex talk. I'm going on your lead on this part because I don't know. This is all and to piggyback on that because I was given some critique from a a hate listener who was like, "You're on here talking about you're on here talking about the Bible and you don't even know what's talking about." And I've said I believe plenty of times like this is my first pass through of this um especially as an adult and so i'm kind of just soaking it all in Um, this is not an expert reading of the bible but i would also say that if you have to be an expert to understand the bible god's fucking with us like i mean that's the thing like god's supposed to know everything for one if god wanted to get through to us it would be through a hit song not a book people don't like reading books there's a famous saying if you want to hide something put it in a book um but yes this is just in the intro it's just a black man and woman in america reading the bible that's all those are our credentials we have literacy so but once again the bible was never meant to be widely published like throughout most of the bible's existence it was not widely produced and disseminated it was only for the priest class so christian modern christianity has been around for about 2000 years it only went into production maybe about 500 years was that the wittenberg bible was in the 1500s i want to say or maybe the early 1400s something like the late 1400s so it's only been around for maybe a little over 500 years like and why did it go into production the Germans w- felt like the word of God should be accessible to everyone, not just the priest class. It was actually sort of a good um, sort of 
like um the the spirit behind it was like they wanted to get the word of god out to more people but like for people who were actually running the game like the catholic church they were like "Uh uh-uh we don't want people reading this because then they can interpret it how they want to instead of our interpretation of it Hmm. i mean that tracks because don't they have like a whole fucking library that only very few can get access to um the vatican who knows what the fuck they're doing over there they they have i know what they do have they have a lot of stolen artifacts from all the countries they pillage because when we talk about all these european invaders going and trying to colonize everything they did it with the backing of the catholic church so the catholic church got a lot of spoils from that as well same thing with human the human trafficking of the transatlantic slave trade like nothing happened in europe without the catholic church's backing in those days so I'm gonna put it like that, but like, yeah, they have all kind of shit. And now we have BlackRock. We have what? BlackRock. Do you not know who they are? I have no idea what that is. Oh uh, well, stay woke. Okay. Um, <laughs> Do you want to? The, yeah. They they um secretly want run the world. BlackRock. Um, yeah, BlackRock. They're like a financial institution they secretly run the world you don't really need conspiracies when you have like racism and a bunch of like it's it's not as yeah they don't give a fuck about that that all is smoke and mirrors for them okay sure like they are how'd you find out about blackrock oh youtube youtube all right well then how did they let youtube find about it since they're so clandestine um it's i mean like they're still a company so like they anytime you go read like a um, business reports or people like earnings reports like these companies still have i mean i guess technically still have to be listed Mm. of who who owns what percentage of the company and like somebody was breaking down how like them and companies like them appear on so many different companies like for instance the S&P 500 like multiple top companies of that are owned by other companies uh and the other companies consistently like people started saying like how they consistently appear on these people's lists i guess so that's kind of i mean people's just piece it together I mean, it could all be bullshit it but. sounds like bullshit but i mean sure I mean, once again, like all of these companies, like it doesn't have to be clandestine. Like most of these corporations are just evil. Like that's not like even like the Catholic Church, Wells Fargo, like everybody who has money. Like I think that was the beginning of the Godfather. Every great fortune starts with a great crime. I just feel like I maybe I'm just stupid, but I don't understand the end goal. Because the end goal seems so short-sighted. More power. Yeah, because it's men. Okay, first of all, not entirely true. But second of all, um, it just seems like, what the fuck, dudes? Like, okay, you want people to not have money and you want to keep them on lower class level. I, 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 I get that part. I can understand that. But then it's like, when you do that so much, there's a lot more of us than there are of you. And then just to just to make, even simplify it even more, like during COVID, that's why who who was it, Kylie Jenner or whoever was fucking complaining because nobody was there to work her private fucking jet. No, nah, it was her daddy or her 
well yeah her biological father saying that that was um caitlin so but caitlin jenner yeah but it's like people if they're not getting paid a livable wage they're not even they first of all they might not even be able to to come to the fucking job one of the things that a job asks you when you fucking apply is do you have reliable transportation well to go on your thing like i think this is the part of religion where they want to exploit your work here on earth because they're going to be like but you're going to get paid in the afterlife that's when you're going to get your reward and that way fuck you pay me now but pay me one of the greatest mm, movie quotes ever that's the that's the big uh what is it um what's the wager i'm so tired but basically um it's just that idea that like um uh yeah you're basically gonna um you'll get it in the afterlife i feel like that was that to me that's one of the parts i i really really dislike about christianity i feel like it robs a lot of people of their lives because they're constantly just like um there's like this negro spiritual about how when i get to heaven i'm gonna put on my robe and walk all over god's heaven and so you're finally gonna have a robe you're finally gonna have shoes you're gonna have wings and i'm gonna fly yeah, all over God's heaven. Oh, and absolutely not. i mean but just imagine like if you're living this constantly miserable life how amazing that sounds like i don't want to judge people who fall for it because when you have an incredibly difficult life you'll look for any excuse to escape it same thing with like people who use drugs like i but i think it's our job to make a life for people here that they want to live that's worth living so that they're not just always like you know what i should be a suicide bomber in the words of don trip i don't even know who that is i don't know who i don't know how these niggas comfortable having nothing i never understood it you only get one life why not live it to the fullest that is exactly how i feel about what the fuck you just said because yeah i think on some level we all have a miserable life um obviously some people's extremes can be more or less but i just don't subscribe to this shit like i why i i my mind would never be wrapped around this fucking oh 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 oh, i'll just get it later type of mentality like that's fucking dumb as shit especially when it like the the cost is giving my life but we i can see we do have a privilege though we do we do and i i know i know i speak from a place of privilege but i also have had less privilege in life and had less power and less um i don't know less ability to make decisions and even when i was going to catholic school i still kind of felt like this like i just didn't know how to articulate it because i was kind of like uh i don't agree with this this is bullshit or this is like this is short-sighted or this is very one track minded and i continue to feel like this the more that we read the text yeah it's it's very um i mean that's why we do what we do you know like i i think people should be aware of the history of the bible i think there's this idea that it's just always been around it's not it's um it's also been used as an oppression tool very much like we see the you know israelis and palestinians being oppressed like it people aren't bringing up religion enough but part of the reason this has been allowed to be as awful as it is is because of people's sincerely held religious beliefs oh samuel 
21 David and the holy bread David came to Nob to the priest Ahimelech and Ahimelech came trembling to meet David and said to him why are you alone and no one with you David said to the priest Ahimelech the king has charged me with a matter and has said to me no one must know anything of the matter about which I send you and with which I charge you I have made an appointment with the young man for such a place with the with the young man for such and such a place now then what have you at hand give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here the priest answered david i have no the priest answered david i have no ordinary bread at hand only holy bread provided that the young man have kept themselves from women david answered the priest indeed women indeed women have been kept from us as always when i go on an expedition the vessels for the of the young men are holy even with when it is a common journey how much more today will their vessels be holy so the priest gave him the holy bread for there was no bread for there was no bread there except the bread of the priest's presence which is removed from beyond the lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day it is taken away now a certain man now a certain man of the servants of saul was there that day and detained before the lord his name was doag the edomite the chief of saul's shepherds david said to ahimelech is there no spear or sword here with you i did not bring my sword or my weapons with me because the king's business required haste the priest said the sword of goliath the philistine whom you killed in the valley of Elah is here wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take that, take it. For there is no one that for there, there is no one here except that one. David said, There is no one here. There was there is no one, there is none like it. Give it to me. David flees to Gath. David rose and fled that day from Saul. He went to King Akish of Gath, the servants of Akish said to him, Is this not David, the king of the land? Is this is this not David, the king of the land? Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has killed his <laughs> Did they not sing to one another of him in dances? Saul has killed his thousands, and David his ten thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of King Akish of Gath. So he changed his behavior before them. He pretended to be mad when in their presence, he scratched marks on the door of the gate and, he, and let his spittle run down his beard. Akish said to his servants, or Akish, 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 uh, look, you see the man is mad. Why then have you brought him to me? Do I lack madmen? that you have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence shall this fellow come into my house thanks be to god so it looks like um david came to emelech and like got some holy bread but you can only have it if you don't fuck with women um well to summarize david flee from saul and he goes to the city of nob where he seeks his help from the priest uh Amimelech. david lies to him ahimelech uh, telling him that he is on a secret mission from saul ahimelech gives david holy bread and the sword of goliath uh one of the saul's servants dwag the 
Edomite is present at Noab and witnesses David's meeting with Ahimelech. Doag later reports this to Saul, who is enraged. Saul orders Doag to kill Ahimelech and all of the priests at Noab. Doag obeys Saul's command and only Abitha or Abathar, one of the priests, escapes. David learns of what happened to Ahimelech and the other priests and he is deeply grieved. He realizes that his life, his lie to Ahimelech caused the deaths of many innocent people. David then flees to the Philistine city of Gath, where he seeks refuge with King Akish uh, or Kish. David is afraid that Akish will recognize him and kill him. So he feigns madness. David sees David's or Akish sees David's madness and drives him away from Gath. So that's what happened. So. David lied. Motherfuckers got killed. He felt bad about it. It was weird, but I'm just going. I'm like, I'm just, I'm kind of stuck on the part where they were like, um, I have no ordinary bread on hand, only holy bread, provided that the young men have kept themselves from women. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just getting gayer and gayer by the second. Um, <laughs> that's certainly an interpretation. I don't. Because that's the other thing, too. They keep talking about, like, going out into the field. I feel like a lot of this stuff are kind of euphemisms for sex. Because that's mm. the thing. Like, if they're, if you're living in these womenless environments, we know from just womenless environments here on Earth, like prison, men just start fucking each other. <sighs> not i mean no shade i mean that's i mean i'm not <laughs> here at the bible breakdown we are not we talked about this earlier like i feel like a lot of like the sort of black church populations are very anti-gay i feel like not all of them though i feel a lot of them are coming around because they see which way the winds are blowing but like for the most part i feel like mainstream though like that's the big selling point like no gay shit even though like there have been some anti-gay passages but that hasn't been like the i feel like the main theme here is like you better bring the tribute to the priest or god's gonna mess you up i feel like that's been sort of the main message so far in the bible oh, that never left bitch better have my money yeah it definitely feels like the lord um, and like I said, the Lord, can I say this? The Lord seems kind of inconsistent. Um, just like man. Yeah. Like it's it almost, it's like, it's as if whoever is pinning this chapter kind of gets to voice the Lord's wishes. Oh, it's like when a comic book comes out and one writer started it and then another writer comes and it's like you know i like this but i'm gonna change this and then another writer comes and it's like i don't like this but i'm gonna change this that was like that, that was the exact point i was actually about to make next yes it's exactly oh, like okay. that <laughs> yeah like um but like so this the lord character um to me is just an anthropomorphized version of the male ego and as someone who I love men like I don't want to be seen as like a male basher but I feel like men you are a bit I'm a male smasher not a male basher like I don't want to like I don't want I, I only want good things for men 
and then especially black men. Not because I'm racist, but because when I make people, I make black men. So I have a bias towards them. But like, there just seems to be this desire for I've, I've been like watching Foundation on um, Apple TV Plus, And it, a lot of its themes are sort of this idea of an empire that refuses to die. And this just male ego that refuses to die. I feel like so much of like, so many of our problems are just wrapped up. The world's problems are wrapped up in male ego. So I don't necessarily yeah. believe like there should be no male leadership. But I just think there should be a balance of leadership there should be female leadership non-binary leadership like there should just be everyone should have an opportunity to have leadership opportunities and i think because of how we've seen power demonstrated through most of our lives it's just seen as this like forceful testosterone driven force i think that everyone has merit in these conversations i think we do i agree with you i think we need the diversity of all sexes genders etc um the there is a little pushback i have for that because i do think on the other end of that spectrum are people who are very oh just i'm sorry the 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 breakdown you read was that for samuel 21 or 22 no 21 21 can you do something for me yeah wow what's up i thought you said like because i was reading ahead at 22 and it was like when saul slaughters the priest i was like wait did he slaughter anybody in 21 oh maybe maybe i went too far because i i I asked for 21 okay because like maybe i gave something away yeah because they didn't i was gonna say it didn't look like they killed any priests in 21 i don't know he definitely lied. David definitely lied, though. Uh, um, yeah, he pretended to be he crazy because he didn't want to face any um, accountability for all the people he's murdered. <laughs> yeah, because that's the thing, too. Like, the big song that everyone like liked to sing and dance to was Saul has killed his thousand and David his tens of thousands. And it's like, that's a wild song, by the way. Like, once again, we're praising these guys because they're mass murderers. Um, I think we should get away from praising people because they're able to kill a bunch of people. It's a lot easier to kill people than build them up. Um, which is kind of my underlying theme with this entire podcast. Um, not not necessarily killing, but just people would much rather do the thing that's easiest than put a little work in for the thing that's hard to get a better result in the long run um i actually was reading a book called start with why um by simon sinek and one of the passages in that book talks about how he's he his friend he has a i can't remember if it was him or his friend but one of them goes to companies and their job is to help companies save money and each time this person presents to a company hey this will save you actually money in the long run and this is actually the better option for you to do this every single time the company will go with the cheaper option and it and so the point that uh he made was is fascinating how they never have the money 
to do the hard thing up front, but they always have money to do it again if it fucks up. Mm-hmm. Well, because then just it think becomes of, a need. And I just, I think that somewhere in there is the human paradox because we often will not do the hard thing. Um, we often will opt for the easiest thing. And, and, and it's in different areas of our lives. Like nobody's just a hundred percent disciplined to stick it out for everything. But I don't know that, that perspective always fascinates me it, it, and to bring it back to Christianity in particular. It's like, nobody just is willing. A lot of people aren't willing to just accept that this moment in time may be the only moment in time that you get. And you might be wasting a lot of it giving 10% of your income to an organization that really does not benefit you um, in the long run. Um, but then if you they, don't give it, what if God gets mad at me and strikes down my family or sends an evil spirit to possess me? You know, that is a risk I'm willing to take um, right. with things that I've seen in life. I, I just continue to feel like I don't think I'm in anyone's favor. Um, I just think I'm kind of in the middle and I have the choice to go one way or the other and it's really on me Um, and bad things have happened to people around me Um, I've certainly had my own trying experiences and I think it just it's a mental like you just it's, it's a mental I don't know a mental resilience that you have to develop and I just it's a lot easier for people to tuck their tails and I just don't, I don't believe in doing that. <sighs> oh boy. Well, um, maybe we can tell the people what they have to look forward to next week or next time because it might not be next week i'm sorry guys i'm really trying to get more consistent on getting it out regularly every week um it's just hard such as life yeah uh next time on bible breakdown we have samuel 22 23 and 24 david and his followers will go to uh adulam saul slaughters the priest which i kind of just gave up (laughs) but we'll read it again um sorry um bard was went too far Bard got a little round it was bard's uh, fault Bard got a little uh a little excited i asked for one one chapter or one passage um david's gonna save the city of kella and david's gonna spare saul's life mm-hmm. saul fucking had it coming so yeah we've got a lot to look for i mean we are getting into some palace intrigue that is usually one of my favorite forms of drama um, because it, it really does get into um, just the mechanics of power. Because David, he's on the rise and Saul's on the decline. And uh, the nature of pl- power is fleeting. Um, even if you have the Lord. Because once again, what did David do to make the Lord like him so much? What did David do? Um, to have, I don't honestly don't know to have Saul like him so much I mean but other than me hot I guess that's what you kept saying he was hot I mean um and because to me like uh, the way it's always framed in the Bible is that like we should be turning on Saul right now like Saul's fucking up so it's time for David to step in whereas it seems like the Lord could just make that happen did you say not like him or to like him when he was I don't know which him you're talking about 
Did you say what did David what did David do to have Saul like him or not like him so much? Well, I meant the Lord. Like, what did the oh, okay. yeah? What did David do to make the Lord like him, and what did Saul do did, to make the Lord not stop liking him? Got you. Okay, I'm. I heard. Because yeah, that's pretty much oh. what's happening now. Like, this is the first king of Israel, like official king of Israel ever, and it's already like <clears throat> immediately into the drama. I mean, again, David was just, I guess, hotter, maybe. And he could kill <laughs> and, more people. And and God was like, it's like, you know, when you buy a new item, you have the old one. It's just like, yeah, I got the new thing now. So I don't really need the old thing as much. I just, I don't know. Maybe that's what happened. I feel like these, I don't think monarchies are a good idea for this very reason because i think the people who ultimately ended up suffering were like the people of israel very much like now (laughs) in modern day israel and with palestine like leadership is desperately trying to cling to power and their people are the ones who suffer yeah i'm not really into monarchies um but there could be an argument that being a billionaire is like being a modern day monarchy almost yeah it's um definitely unethical yeah so i'll go back and forth on that yeah so peace in the middle i mean it, it would be nice for this to stop i think what would have to happen is that people have to be willing to compromise but because the nature of religion doesn't offer compromise it's a very all or nothing sort of theology um and people like that they do people, they like certainty they want a heavy strong arm dom and that is again kind of been the underlying theme of this podcast is that people want certainty people like confidence people don't like vagueness or they need like oh like mo i've realized that most people operate like that and i'm somewhat like that but on certain things i don't really operate like that in life though like in just general life like because it's so inflexible it can change at any moment and you have to be willing to like um just switch at the drop of a dime a good quote that i heard from a friend of mine is they told me that they cannot invite everyone on a trip with them to travel and they say the reason is because in traveling no matter how much you prepare something always happens mm-hmm. and generally the people who are certain people are okay and like hey it's cool it is what it is and other people like let that ruin their entire fucking traveling yeah. experience and then that takes away from the group as a whole because now you're bringing everyone else down yeah and i think that is a very important lesson just in general it's like you cannot always be so stuck on the what you thought you wanted yeah you have to just allow things to sometimes be and it is and once we develop that skill because it is a fucking skill like you have to work at yeah. it yeah like there's no not, strength without flexibility like you're yes. like people think rigidity is like strength but that's where you're it's easy to break if you're flexible like that's 
that's sustainable. Like, I think one of the things that gets met, misrepresented a lot in sort of Darwin um, evolution is this idea of survival of the fittest. And people, when they think of like fitness, they think of like strong, big, blah. But that's not always what is most survivable. It's really survival of the most adaptable. Like whoever's able to adapt the quickest is who survives. And I believe in being adaptable and flexible and all of that. But also, I wasn't allowed to learn about evolution in school. So isn't that fun? interesting yeah well when i went uh, to not the school we went to but the um school before like a lot of hardcore evangelical schools do not believe in t- in teaching evolution which sounds <sighs> it's like i ain't that come from no monkey it's like okay that takes me down the i used to have talks with people who will be like this the god versus science argument and people would be like, well, God made science. So No, he didn't. Like, that's the thing. Like, when they're like, well, God allowed it to happen. It's like, well, why'd God wait so long? Why did God have to wait until people figured it out? Because that's to me, the that's to me, that was always the giveaway in the Bible. Like, the knowledge was always limited to what people knew at the time. God never really dropped anything new on them. Whereas, like, hey, guys, I got this new thing. It's called indoor plumbing. You could be the first to have it. It's never anything, like, useful. It's always some, hey, guys, this is how I need you to build my altar. It's like, oh, okay. You know... I don't know. I keep having these conversations in uh, with you on the podcast, and it keep I keep feeling like okay, because a lot of this is gonna be perceived as blasphemous, and and I know there are mindsets out there that want this to like people to like us to be put in our place. Oh, would and they I ever? Keep, and I I think I said this on the last podcast. If I didn't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I said, I definitely said this in, in my last few conversations about this, whether on or off mic, but it's like, you know, I, I keep waking up just like the rest of you, like all the believers, I keep waking up and going through my life just like the rest of you. So like, I, uh, maybe what you're getting at might not be as strong. You know, we should read at is. some point how to make a Negro Christian that's on my list it is we should definitely read that i think i have been on my list for years actually me too and it's not a long book either but to me that was always just such a big like tell where it was like because that actually worked like a charm like of all the shit they did to black people in america to like get us to be docile slaves like the beating didn't work the people would still try to run away what worked was giving us white jesus because i i really do believe it's the promise of a white man who will finally love you because there is i think a deep desire for that paternal love from our white halves because we were i mean the africans who were stolen from the continent like they didn't enslave those people those people had too much knowledge of who they were they raped those people and used that offspring to become slaves and there is a biological desire for the acceptance of your 
maker. And uh, to me, that's the really tragic part of a lot of our history that doesn't get addressed. So I'll leave it there. But that's why I say your body belongs to you. Even if you're the product of a series of rapes, your body still belongs to you. And you get to decide um, what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, that was kind of dark. But It was true, though. And I don't even like using the word dark because that's still a pejorative that describes black people. Like, it's heavy for sure, but... It's what happened. That also describes black people because most black people are obese. Ooh, are we? Maybe in America, not in the world. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying shit at this yeah. point. Um, that yeah, that was a mood killer. Um, but yeah, you know what? You know what can help you get through these um, trying times, these challenging times. Be curious, not judgmental. There you go. And in the Bible Breakdown, we'll be back. Um, you can reach out to us at the Bible Breakdown uh, podcast at gmail.com or at Instagram. Oh, that's Instagram. Much, that's pretty much the only things like we'll check. We might be other places, but that's the only thing where we'll get back to you. All right. Uh, see you next time. Have a good one. Get therapy. Take care. <laughs>